Yeah, this movie is. <laughs> I think it, I, I've only got you know I've only gotten through the first half, so but it's it's fascinating. So, all right, here we go. <laughs> That was the opening music to What Happened to Baby Jane? Or is it what Whatever Happened to Baby Jane? Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Gotcha. So this is a movie that was released in 19... Well, here, I'll let you give the stats. I'm, I'm a little disorganized this morning. <laughs> oh, okay, well... Go for it. Uh, we want to welcome everyone back to uh, Classic Movie Reviews. Uh... This movie, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, came out in October of 1962, and I saw it when I was a student at Colorado, and I uh, did big box office receipts. Uh, it's quite a quite an interesting film. Um, maybe you want to do the uh, location of where we can be found on the internet, and and we can introduce ourselves. That's a good idea. Yeah. So I'm Matt Johnson, and I'm recording from the Seattle area today, where we're expecting 80 degrees. So summer is is here already, it feels like. And I'm Bob Johnson in Los Angeles, where we're experiencing Seattle weather this weekend. Oh, it's it going to be around 65 to 70 with showers. That's going to be cold for people. They're going to be putting on their sweaters and turning on their <laughs> fires and staying yeah, indoors. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Well, uh, our classic movie reviews can be found uh, on three locations. One is iTunes, if you look for classic movie reviews. Secondly, we have our own uh, website, classicmoviereviews.net, and you can find us on Facebook just by looking for uh, classic movie reviews. And today we're looking at uh, whatever happened to Baby Jane, and it's interesting because uh, we watched. Uh, just this spring, a, a Fox special movie, I think it was like seven or eight episodes, on The Feud, which was the supposedly the behind-the-scenes look at how Betty Davis and and Joan Crawford got along during the filming of this movie, and it uh, it it was it was like a it was like a soap opera. They 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 would get along well, and then they'd have big blow-ups and fights and arguments, and the director Robert Aldrich was always in between them. It was a pretty good. Pretty good series. It got me interested in watching this movie again. Yeah, I'd, I'd heard of this movie only by name, really. I didn't know much about it. And when I was reading the synopsis, I thought, huh, this is this is an interesting idea for a movie. But once I started watching it, I was I got sucked in pretty quick, right from the very beginning, because it starts off with Baby Jane. And I was like, what is, what is this Baby Jane character but it turns out that she was a child star back in the early 1900s like 1912 i think is when it picks up and it was fascinating to see like this uh look at what entertainment was like in 1912 you know this (laughs) this auditorium full of like kids and families and there there's this child star up on the stage and it's sort of like this vaudevillian uh show almost 
He was really the center of attention. And super spoiled, which was, uh, <clears throat> I mean, obviously plays into what happens later in the movie. Uh, it was it was an interesting beginning, followed up uh, after the beginning by the uh, tragic car wreck as they're driving home in that beautiful old, I think it was a Stutz Bearcat. Can't re I really can't be sure of that. But, and then we're, we're led to believe one thing happens uh, during the wreck, and actually we find out later. There's more to that story. Oh, well, don't don't spoil it for us because... No, you, uh, I don't I've, want to do a spoiler alert. So this is going to be a two-part episode, and this is a long movie. It's like two hours and 15 minutes or somewhere around there. And I've gotten through exactly half of it, so I'm a, an hour and six minutes into it, right, right about the time when uh, things, I think, start to take a darker turn. Uh, at least that's what it feels like. Although, uh, although they've already taken a pretty dark turn by this point. <laughs> I'll have to be careful what I reveal. Uh, but I, I would say, I think, safely that the two of them, uh, Joan Crawford and Betty Davis, do not get along that well in their home. No, and uh, yeah, uh, Joan Crawford's character is in a wheelchair, and, and this house is not ADA compliant. Uh, no, but, you know, <laughs> the, during the opening, you know, after the credits roll, you remember the neighbor pulls in <clears throat> and she looks over at their home and uh, Jane and Blanche can't be seen, but they've got, there are bars on their upstairs windows, which is, yeah, I can see it on the ground floor, but this is like 15 feet above the driveway <laughs> and she's, which is, poor Blanche is locked in her room. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's more of a symbolic uh, image than anything else because we find out that she's pretty weak. I mean, it's not like she's going to be able to tie some bed sheets together and like scale down the wall or anything. <laughs> it's <laughs> interesting because when we watched the feud that series, uh, when they were really angry with, with each other and they'd have these really long verbal out, outbursts, and that and and the, the the director Robert Aldrich and, and some of the crew thought that made the movie even better. I bet they hated each other. Yeah, which is perfect for their characters because they they do pretty much hate each other. Well, baby Jane, I think, really hates her sister uh, more than than the other way. I don't. Jane is is portrayed as is like a very like uh, um, virtuous kind of character, and even the way that they do the lighting, like they have lighting that makes it look like she's kind of glowing and that she's sort of this idyllic figure of, of this saint, kind of like a saintly character almost. Are you and, talking about Blanche? Uh, no, I'm t well, Jane, Joan, uh, Crawford. Joan, Joan, oh, Joan Crawford. Yeah. Which is, sorry, is uh Blanche. Good uh, old Blanche. Yeah. Sorry. I got those two, two mixed up. Um, yeah. So Blanche, Blanche is the one in the wheelchair. She's the one who's trapped upstairs in this home and she's the one who, in the way that they do the lighting and, and kind of the, the, the setup of the shots, it, it makes her look like she's very saintly. Yes, yes. And and I was impressed by the makeup that uh, Baby Jane, Betty Davis' character, uh, wore. I, I would say that's the epitome of overdone. Yes, yeah, for sure. And and yet, I th I've seen people like that in real life. So, <laughs> you know, it's like... Well, Again, in the feud, they they talk, they they show how that happened. They got into a big fight, and uh, and uh, Betty Davis didn't like some part of the of the film and the way it was set up. So she went off and did her own makeup and came out looking like that. 
And the director at first was horrified. Then he thought, oh, no, this will work. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, maybe I should give a little background on the film. Yeah, maybe that would be that'd be helpful. We kind of jumped right into it. It, It's it, it pulls you in, though, doesn't it? Oh, it does. Yeah, I mean, and there's a lot to unpack. I mean, I I think it makes sense to do this in two episodes, just because I, I have a lot of thoughts <laughs> just in the first well, hour of the film. Here's some here's some background. Robert Aldrich, uh, who who went through hell to make this movie because he had to deal with the uh, chief executive at Warner Brothers and then the two stars Betty and Joan, and they were all <laughs> all of them were fighting almost all the time. So. Robert Aldrich uh, had a, a very long and, and productive career in Hollywood. He did over 35 films, and uh, one that you'll remember, The Dirty Dozen. He did oh, that yes. Yep. We've reviewed that. Yep. And another one that's really good is the first uh, film, The Longest Yard, in 1974 with Burt Reynolds and other folks. It's about a prison uh, where the uh, pr- inmates play the... Uh, guards in a football game it's it's quite oh something. that's a good movie yeah and then the one that was to come after this whatever happened to Mary jane was hush hush sweet charlotte which uh, was made and 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 released in 1964 but it was going to be another film with betty and joan but they had another falling out and joan uh for whatever reason depending on what story you believe was not uh included in that film and they brought in um uh Another famous uh, actress, I believe it was uh, Joan Fontaine or Gloria DeHaven, I forget which one. But that film, Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte, is a nice one because during the opening, you see a decapitated head roll down the stairs. That gets your attention. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So the film was released by Warner Brothers and it made uh, all all kinds of money. And, you know, they still play it. I, it was on a couple of days ago on Turner Classic Movies. Uh, and every time it's on, I try to watch parts of it because it's, the, these people are really wacko. Yeah, they are. I also <laughs> saw that it was, it's been uh, called, one. it's in the top 100 best movies ever made, I believe. I, I saw that too. I, I hope no one tries to remake it because I don't know who you'd get to play the parts. Yeah. And then she, uh, uh, Jane Hudson's character, Baby Jane, was nominated as one of the top fifty villains of all time. (laughs) (laughs) And 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 as they say, you ain't seen nothing yet until you see the second half of this uh, beauty. Oh boy! uh, Betty Davis was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Actress, and uh, good old Joan tried to do everything she could to sabotage it. Oh, it's kind of like uh, in the movie, but reversed. (laughs) In reverse, yes. I tell you, they were quite the sisters. Let's see, we were we were at the point where there was the car wreck, and then the the bars on the window upstairs. Well, well, we but, but I don't. I want. I want to. I want to talk a little bit about the very opening scene uh, right after. Okay. She, right after she comes off the the stage, and she's kind of going out the back of the the uh, auditorium. There, there's a bunch of people that want to see her and like maybe get an autograph or a picture with her and. She has a major meltdown because she wants to get ice cream. I won't. I don't want to go back to the old hotel. I don't have to take a nap, and you can't make me. Now, Jane, don't act up, sweetheart. You've got to take your nap. You know that. No, I don't know, and I'm not going to. Now, Janie, you don't want all these nice friends of yours out here to think that you're a bad little girl now, do you? I don't 
Now, Janie, I told you. I want it. I make the money so I can have what I want. Now, Janie, that's enough. Leave me alone. I need an ice cream. Child of mine, everybody well, like that. If you need an ice cream, I, I guess you better have some. I mean, it's pretty hot and all. But remember, this is the last time this week. All right, Daddy. Blanche wants some, too. We gotta have some ice cream for Blanche. I, I don't want anything. What do you think you're trying to do? I always say it's the parents' fault in cases like this. I'm really disappointed. Sure is a hot day today. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and her parents kowtow to her at the expense of uh, Blanche. Yeah, and, and, and really I think it's more the dad. But it was a kind of a commentary on child actors in a way, I felt, that there's been so many cases where child uh, actors have a, a big role and then they just sort of flame out because of all the, the spotlight and the pressure of what that does to them in their life. And I felt that this was a, an example of that. Oh, in a big way, because as the film progresses, as you'll see, it's revealed she has a major series of meltdowns. Oh, okay. Worse and worse. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yes, uh, she has a bit of a control issue. I did note that uh, that famous Japanese uh, director who did the uh, the Magnificent Seven, uh, the early uh, seven. Akira Kurosawa? Yes, yes. Uh, he's indicated that he was influenced by the filmmaking of Robert Aldrich because Aldrich was able to take these films and make them really fit together uh, seamlessly. And, and uh, there, there aren't a lot of flaws in the movie in terms of script or or settings or anything like that and that's what the uh, japanese director was was most influenced by i i could see that even in the way that the shot some of the shots are framed and and uh, the the lighting was just very much a part of setting the mood and kind of indicating to us how we were supposed to see these different characters and yeah i thought it was uh really well uh photographed as well the 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 uh, cinematography is great and it was done on a pretty limited budget uh for 1962 or 61 62 it's estimated their budget was about a million dollars oh wow it's not a lot not not a lot but it did 10 times that in the box office and and, again i'll reference the feud which is which is worth watching if anybody can uh, find it. It may be on Netflix or something like that now. But um, you know, when you, when you talk, old men in movies sometimes are referred to as codgers or geezers. Mm-hmm. And, and then the feud they start the, the CEO and some of the people start referring to this as the hag movie. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> Everything just was you know perfect for making a movie that were people nobody liked anybody yeah it's interesting that the behind the scenes drama uh, mirrors in some way the on-screen drama if half of it's true <laughs> even half of it amazing most of it was filmed right here in la yeah either on the studio lot or there's an address i forget where it is right now but it's a neighborhood in hancock park where they found this home and and uh, that's where the the exteriors were done interesting so yeah so to pick back up with the story uh we kind of cut forward from that scene where uh, baby jane's having a meltdown about ice cream to uh a scene where 
two studio executives are watching a movie and I think it's baby Jane is starring in this movie and they just are thinking how horrible it is and yes why do they have to make these movies because you know Blanche is such a superstar and she can do whatever she wants and has script approval and she's written into her contract that for every movie that she makes that baby Jane should also needs to be in a movie but baby Jane is apparently a terrible actress and none of her movies are successful I, I'd, I'd forgotten for a minute that that part yeah um, and and that, what was nice is they used some real film clips from the earlier film yeah that, that was cool Harry Davis had done yeah that was cool um, but those two studio executives walking down the down the one of the the streets in the studio lot it was kind of an interesting shot because the one guy's kind of a slimy guy he's keeps like turning his head to watch these uh, actresses pass by in their skimpy yes. outfits. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, they, they had a little bit of that in the feud. Yeah, it was... Uh, <laughs> who knows if it's true, but it is slimy. Yeah. And then we cut to a scene where we don't actually see any faces, and this must be getting to a little bit of, like, a reveal in the second part of the movie about what actually happened, but um, it looks like uh, Blanche and Jane are coming home and Blanche gets out to open up the gates and the way that I read it, I mean the way that it's put together is, is it looks like baby Jane runs into Blanche and cripples her on purpose or something and then because the next scene that we cut to is is baby Jane or yeah Blanche in a wheelchair upstairs in, in, in that house. Totally dependent on her sister, who's... Totally dependent on her sister, who's kind of... A little odd. We kind of come to find out that she's spiraling down into uh, <laughs> drinking again. And I, there's a scene that I just love where the camera's behind, like, the cabinets, and, and, and Jane opens up the cabinet doors, and it's just like a whole row of empty alcohol bottles. <laughs> yes! I mean, there's got to be, like, two dozen there. <laughs> Oh, have you gotten to the part where she has to buy some more over the phone? Yeah, and, the, and they're like, no, I'm sorry, we can't sell any more to you. And she's like, what? And she imitates Blanche's voice. Hello, this is Johnson's. I want to order some liquors. Jane Hudson. What do you mean you can't fill any more orders for me? My sister did. Well, well, wait a minute, I'll, I'll put her on. Blanche, would you speak to this man from Johnson's? Hello. Who is this, please? Oh, yes, Mr. Carson. Yes, this is Blanche Hudson. What seems to be the trouble? <laughs> I'm afraid there's been some misunderstanding. I certainly didn't mean to suggest that you shouldn't fill any orders for her. <laughs> After all, we, we do pay our bills, don't we? Yes, fine. Would you please? I'll put her on.
Okay, then. Good. Yeah, I'd like to order six bottles of scotch and three bottles of gin. Yeah, the same brands. And as soon as possible. I was like, was what? Desperate. What? 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 What uh, alcohol shop would not sell more alcohol to somebody? It's not like they're getting drunk in the shop or anything. That was that was weird to me. Well, it is weird, but it, it does point out that good old baby Jane is, uh, like you say, spiraling. Yeah, I mean, it definitely drives the point home. Like she's way she's drinking a lot, like a lot. <laughs> the uh, the scene when when uh, they cut from the car wreck back to the house and and Blanche is upset. She does look so dependent on her sister and so um, timid. And she's the one who, through her career, made enough money to buy the house and set aside funding for their lives. And I think Baby Jane just adds that to the list of things she doesn't like about her sister. Well, and Baby Jane denies the fact that the house was purchased through uh, Blanche's successful yes. movie career and she says no it was baby jane's money that paid for all this and so you know in in jane's mind it, it's it's the opposite she's constructed her own story of what what reality is well in, in fact she's constructed her own story about all of her reality yeah it's it's uh it's an amazing performance i i don't remember who won the academy award that year i think it was uh Elizabeth Taylor for Butterfield Eight, but it's a it's a classic uh, top drawer performance by by both of them. But Betty Davis was amazing. Well, there's one scene in particular that just I I, I was like mesmerized. It's one of those scenes in a movie that I'll probably be thinking about for years. Now it's like she is in her room and it's at night and she starts to hear like her voice singing in her head of like when she was a, a child star Yeah, and she looks over, and there's this uh, incredibly lifelike, uh, almost full-size doll, baby Jane doll, sitting in in this chair. And she walks over to it, and and she takes the bow off of the doll's head, and and then puts it onto her head. And the way that they set the scene up, you can just imagine that baby Jane is seeing herself back on the stage, and she starts to sing. The postman says. That's best to do. I've written a letter to Daddy saying I love And then she you. she has her hands over her face and then she kind of takes her hands off her face and then she's looking in the mirror and she's absolutely horrified at how sh- how old she looks and how yeah. how terrible she looks and and she screams and now when i'm very good and do as i am told i'm mama's little angel and papa says i'm good as gold but when i'm very bad and answer back and sass 
Then I mama's little devil. And Papa says, I've got the brass. Now I wish that you would tell me, cause I'm much too young to know. That was an amazing scene. That was so cool. It was it was it was kind of terrifying in a way. It, it's a it's a beautifully done uh, scene. And, and don't you think that if this were in Technicolor or deluxe color, it would not be nearly as frightening or intense as it is in black and white? Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. It was shot during a time when they were making color color movies, obviously, and and uh, they chose to do it in black and white. I think it was an artistic choice. It was a really good one. And it makes it much more moody and, and, and uh, I don't know, scary. There was parts of it that felt like we were watching a horror movie. It does. Uh, I think, if my memory is correct, there was a little bit about that in the, in the series that we watched. Part of it was driven by the budget. Mm. Wanted to hold the budget down. I was, I was just looking here at a, at a review that TV Guide did. And uh, just to take a little snippet from it, they said that Hitchcock movies and suspense, rather than the actual mayhem, drives the film. And I hadn't thought about it, but, you know, there's parts of this that are, are kind of reminiscent of the movie Psycho, which was done a year or two earlier in black and white and had some of the same really strange behaviors. Well, and it, it also reminded me of that movie that we've reviewed where the... Um... The two the two children are in the in the house. Um, oh, the uh, the haunting. No, no, not the haunting. Um, the innocence. The innocence. Yes, I was reminded. Car and those two, yeah, just some does. of the the lighting and and some of the shots reminded me of the innocence. And there was um, a period of time, like from maybe nineteen sixty to sixty four, roughly that period, where there were several of these films in black and white that were made. It became kind of a uh, popular. Uh, film topic or, or a way to do them. This film got a rating of 92% approval from the reviews. Wow. That's pretty, that's as pretty much as high as you can get. <laughs> um, there was interesting music in the film as well. There would be times when the music would get very dark and, and, and atmospheric. And then there would be times when it was more kind of jaunty and, and like when uh, Blanche was in the room and she was like looking at her bird or she was the, the light was kind of coming in through her window there was a feeling of a little bit more lightness and like um it would it would kind of alternate a little bit between like this lightness and 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 jauntiness of the music and kind of the the lighting of the the scene and then it would and then jane would show up and the music would like turn to like this moody atmospheric darker yeah, and the lighting on uh, Jane is much more high contrast. There's there's very deep blacks and and, and bright uh, whites, whereas with Blanche, it's it's more of an even kind of lighting uh, with so softer. And there's some like there's some shots where it's like a spotlight almost uh, either behind her or kind of on the front of her to again I think give that impression of like she's very like saintly. Is the, I don't that's the way that I interpreted it. I, I, I would add that it makes her kind of more of the victim. Yeah, totally. 
and, yeah. and, 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 and Jane's uh, portrayal and, and, and the way she looks is also aided greatly by that makeup. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's as ghostly at times. Ghostly, yeah. The, the scene where she goes out to the newspaper office. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And she's kind of flirty with the guys behind the counter, and she's like, well, I'm Jane Hudson. I called this morning and placed an ad. Did we give you a reference number? Oh, yeah. She's a, she's a legend in her own mind, you know, for sure. She, she really is. Uh, now, Victor Buno, you, you just come to that part of the film where he enters the scene. Right, so the kind of the where the I left flag. off was uh, Victor Buno uh, was hired. Well, he responds to it, that ad that, that Jane puts in the paper looking for somebody to help her put a musical number together. And he's pretty down and out. Like I was saying before we started recording, he's the equivalent of the guy that lives in his mom's basement, you know? <laughs> he is. And he and his... I, I, I want to be careful that I don't reveal what's coming next, but uh, he and his mother have a really odd relationship as well. Well, it's kind of obvious at the beginning. Like, she's... <laughs> I don't know what's up with her, but she pretends to be his secretary and responds yeah. to that ad and... <laughs> That was, uh, it, it fits in beautifully with this whole strange <laughs> cast of characters. Well, it, 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 it's, it's, it's like a slow build, right? So the things that kind of stick out in my mind are when uh, Jane serves dinner and the bird, the dead bird, is, is in there with her food. And then the next time that she serves dinner, there's a dead rat. And, it, you know, it's like progressively getting weirder and creepier. And then... And then we've bring in this new set of characters and there's something going on with them too that's also off. So it's like this, it just is yeah. getting weirder and weirder as we get further into the movie. I, w I was afraid to go to the uh, bird and rat part because I wasn't sure if that was in the first half. But uh, boy, that that was a shock. Whoa! Because I had forgotten about, especially the uh, second animal. That, that was a gigantic rat. That thing was huge. And... <laughs> It was. And it's like, you know, like you were saying, uh, Blanche is totally dependent on Jane, and the only way she's going to get her food is is through Jane. And now yeah. Jane is, like, giving her dead birds and dead rats, and it's like, 
Uh, and enjoying the torment that she's causing oh, for she, Blanche. Yeah, once Blanche screamed at seeing the rat, she, uh, Jane laughed, this cackly laugh that she was so pleased with herself. It was like a, it was like a childish uh, pleasure that she was getting from that. The, um, just an aside, the a neighbor a daughter, who's Lisa Bates, uh-huh. when, when the movie's kind of near the beginning, she's sitting watching an old film on the couch. Yeah, and it's one of uh, Blanche's old movies, right? Yeah, that's, that's uh, in real life, that was Betty Davis's daughter. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, she, uh, Betty, uh, was married to uh, Gary Merrill. You'll remember Gary from 12 O'Clock High. He was the first commander of that squadron that had a meltdown. And was uh, replaced by Gregory Peck. Oh right, okay, yep. That was that was uh, Betty Davis' husband at the time, and that was their daughter that played that part. Now I don't know if that was done to entice Betty Davis to be a part of the film or not. I, that wasn't. I don't remember that part of the uh, series. Um, is this a good place to kind of say we've come to the conclusion of? I'm, I'm leery of part going. one. Yeah, I think we should probably stop. We gave a lot of background about the movie and and kind of got us up to speed with where we're at. Um, Just a teaser: when you look at the next half, yeah, be prepared for even stranger goings on. Oh man, I can't wait. If you wait. think the first half was weird, second half was even better. I can't wait. That's going to be great. It also so. gives a new meaning to the definition of let's spend a day at the beach. <laughs> Oh, really? Okay. Yes. <laughs> Hold on to that thought. All right. Well, that's probably a good place to stop. Uh, so, yeah, we'll we'll pick this back up. We'll make sure that we uh, get a, another episode out uh, pretty quick so that we can get this uh, movie in the can, as they say. Continuity. So, continuity. continuity, yeah. Uh, cool. So thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, coming to you from Seattle, this is uh, Matt. And in Los Angeles, it's Bob, and uh, welcome back to Classic Movie Reviews. Or is that how we end it? It's more like... No, it isn't. No, it isn't. I'm, I'm, I flubbed that. Should we do that again? Yeah, so why don't you do your part? Uh, and this is Bob in Los Angeles, uh, wishing you all happy movie watching. That's it. been a few weeks since we've recorded one so <laughs> it is well we, we've gone to a long form right right well we're uh we're still chugging away though we'll, we'll keep going